And if you give it everything that you have, inevitably, you'll discover the edge of your limits. You will find the moment that, unfortunately, you went beyond your capability. And while that sucks... This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilshire. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and this is the third day we're going to talk about the empowerment hierarchy, and we're going to be really leading into the empowered level, that highest pinnacle of the pyramid. And often we find ourselves working with people that, man, they eclipse us. They're better than us. They're smarter than us, faster than us, taller than us, better looking than us. They seem to just naturally get it all done. And leading them can sometimes be quite a challenge. And what we do is we wind them up, we put them on autopilot, and we just let them be the amazing people that they are. Well, there's a better way, my friends. Not only should we be striving to get people from the accountable level up to the responsible level, we should be striving to get people from responsible to empowered. We need to know what to do with them when we get there. It's like we're raising up a Pokemon. You better know what to do when it's a full-size Pokemon. It doesn't, it doesn't eat you. I don't know anything about Pokemon, though. Pokemon reference. But we need to know what to do. There's a huge burden of us to lead high performers. And we often measure leadership in two different ways. It's like, are you performing well? And how are you leading your high performers? It's not easy to lead high performers. And today I'm going to peel back just a little bit and talk about what that might look like. And I'll tell you, dealing with people at the empowerment level, if you're insecure, arrogant, or prideful, if you have something to lose, hide, or prove, can be quite scary. And it may be a litmus for you to decide if you were carrying around any of those characteristics. Because dealing with and leading people at the empowerment level requires you to give up control. You have to give up control if you want to deal effectively with people at the empowerment level. If you try to control them, you're going to squash them. You're going to send them back down the ladder to responsible. If you don't give them authority and responsibility, if you don't delegate to them effectively, it's going to be a challenge for you to lead them and lead them. It will feel to you like a lack of ownership on your own part. And it can make you quite scared if accountability is the main tool. But if we look at the accountability hierarchy, I'll just recap it for you really quick, which is at the tip top down to the bottom, we have three levels. And at the bottom is the accountable level. It's the layer where most people in the organization are likely to be, especially in a large organization. The folks that are just getting the job done, they do what's required of them, often nothing more. The minimum number of flair. At the responsible level, this is where people begin to take initiative and ownership. They own their programs. They own their projects. We can trust them. There's a degree of trust that's been developed at this level or is starting to be. And those folks at the empowered level we're going to focus on today. And your role as we go through this remains unchanged. Number one, your job above all else is to make sure the job gets done. You got to make sure performance indicators are being hit, that key metrics are being tackled, that your staff meeting slides are green, green, green. That's your job. Lose sight of that at your own peril. But as you're doing that, the second piece is, how do we move people up the empowerment hierarchy? We need to meet them where they are. We need to know what to do. What do we do? What do they need? And if we can figure that out, then we can unlock the power. We can unlock the performance, the potential of our people. So let's talk about this. The empowered hierarchy is characterized, this one here at the very tip top, the empowerment level. You have so much confidence in the person on the other side of you to get that when they tell you they're going to do it, you know that it's going to get done. They have extreme ownership of whatever they touch. 
They're invested in the overall outcome of the organization. They want the organization to win as badly, if not more, than they want themselves to win. They're invested in the team, the organization, the structure, the mission, the vision. It is in them. They're innovative. They thrive when there's freedom to explore. You unlock them. You give them a task and just let them go. And you're always surprised by how much they get done. And remember that empowered teammates need to have that time. They've got to have time to think, to reflect, to act, to move, to explore, to try, to test, to do things outside of the norm. These are folks that are going to go set things up and set things right in ways that you could. They're highly engaged, which I've already talked about to a, a bit, which is that they want the best for the organization. They're fighting for your highest possible good and the highest possible good of the team and the people. They're categorized by being autonomous. And autonomy is something that we should fiercely covet and that we should fiercely protect. Never let anyone take away your independence. The surefire way to keep it is to be darn good at your job. If you're good at your job, you often get independence. If you're competent, you often get the keys to the kingdom, especially with senior leaders, pioneer and guardian persuasion and creative pioneers like. But this independence is something that they often need. It's not isolation. It's not that they don't want to be left alone and not led, but it's that they want to be in, own the process. They own the plan, not just the task. These folks own the hour. You can tell them what you want and they will do it. They don't wait for you. They're often ahead of you. They show initiative. They're solving problems you didn't know that you had. If this sounds like the ideal teammate, fantastic. Don't be surprised when you don't inherit them. You've got to create them. I think about someone I talk about all the time, Tech Sergeant Mangage, greatest Tech Sergeant in the history of the United States Air Force. She was at the empowered level, 100%. But that's not where she was when I inherited her. It took me a couple of years to get her exactly where I wanted her to be. And it was a partnership between us. And I can think of other people on my teams. I talk about her a lot because she's a great case study. But I think of plenty of other folks that I've had on my teams as well, that they weren't at the empowered level when I got them. It was my job to get them there. And boy, were the rewards amazing when I did. My life and my day and my free time and my brain power and my stress, all of those things change dramatically by having one empowered member on your team. Just one. Learn to create an empowered member on your team and you become addicted. I want 10 empowered people on my team. We have a new team member, Amanda. Her, her husband's probably listening to this podcast. And when I talk about Amanda, and I'll talk about her this weekend on Saturday, I'll often talk about, man, I want 10 Amandas. And I, my team knows that I want 10 Amandas. And I talk about the impact on our team. And if we could get 10 Amandas, imagine what could happen on our team. And it's like, she just started. She's been with us for a month. And she hasn't done any major big performance thing yet, but I see the potential in her. She's already at this really high level. We're like leveling up the task and training her and doing all this. I can't imagine what she's going to be capable of when she gets across the finish line. Creating empowered people becomes an addiction because it transforms your stress, your life, your organization, your team, your performance are transformed by someone who's at the You should covet this and desire this. You should have a hunger for somebody being at the empowered level. And you need to look at everyone around you and go, what would it take to get them there? Well, you got them to step on the bridge. You got to get them to step on the bridge, the responsible level first. These folks are obsessed as well with personal growth. They love seeking feedback, but responsibility breeds maturity. And this is something that I've seen characterized in every relationship that I've gotten someone from accountable to responsible or accountable to empowered or responsible to them is they mature rapidly. And something happens to you when you get married, you mature rapidly. And it's a shame to see so many young people that don't want to get married. It's they'll never be forever children. When you get married, there's something in you. You mature in this major way, You're a different person in a sense.
your range of emotion expands. You feel more highs and more lows than you ever could have felt before. And you have kids and you mature even more. And that maturing comes with realizing that they're bigger than you. Their future is bigger than yours. The relationship is bigger than your individual desires. You're no longer and people that make it to the empowered level, they're not thinking about themselves. It's the team. It's the mission. It's the And these folks, you can't praise them enough. They don't need it. But internally, you, you burst with gratitude toward them. But this responsibility breeds maturity. And they understand the complexities and the scope of what we do. And they get you and they get the organization. And there's this huge sense of achievement that doing big things, important things, and this becomes really infectious and contagious. If 20% of your team is empowered, hold on. And I think one of the biggest things we can do for people at the empowered level is do everything in your power to instill a we win together. Every single person on my team right now, every one of them, I cannot win without them. They can't win without me. We, we win together. And it is abundantly clear to all of us that, that, the, that our success is intertwined, that there isn't a way that we win individually. There's no way to win individually. Now, some people on my team could potentially, you know, have a bigger win today than another member of the team. And sure, everybody has individual performance that accounts for that in some way. But when it comes to our collective winning or even my, me and them, each one of them, if they win, I win. If I win, they win. That's that. It has to be that way. People at the empowered level, they are your organization. And so how do we know if we found one? Well, if you've got folks that are constantly bringing you ideas, these people are probably bump, bumping up against the empowered level. Do not squash them. They're like poking up and going, hey, I want some ownership of this organization. Hey, I, I think I could be you know, a part of this. And if you squash their innovation and their ideas, especially when they don't really matter to you, like a no cost you nothing, say freaking yes. Let them try things and explore. You have no idea what they see. They've got to deal with the stuff, not you. So when they come down and go, hey, this thing I'm dealing with could be done better. What do you think, boss? And you're like, oh, this is the way we've always done it. That idea, you're telling them no. I do not want you to be at the empowered level. Get back in the box. Do what I told you to do. That's dangerous, man. Bad territory to be in. Not good. People identifying paths and especially people that identify opportunities. Man, we could really do amazing if we did this. Wouldn't our future be better if we did that? This is huge. Huge. People that are trying to make tomorrow better than today in your organization are probably bumping up against if they're not already, already in the empowered stage. People that feel threatened when the success of the team is threatened. Sometimes we look at maybe some of like guardian voices. If you don't know five voices, you need to. Maybe they try to protect the team and you mistake that for wanting to hold us back when the reality is they're so invested in the success of the team, they don't want it to be through. These are all really great signs that somebody is bumping up against the empowered level. So what do we do? We have someone at the empowered level. What do they need? Well, one, they need goals. Goals are huge, not just tasks, not just outcomes, but goals. How do they up their performance? How do they help the team win? What is a big, audacious, hairy goal that they can tackle and attack? You got to give them that and not just give it to them, but help them set goals that align with the mission. Let them set a goal. Tell them what you want. I can't wait. This weekend, we're doing something very similar with my team. We're sitting down and we'll be like, this is what we're doing. This is the vision and the mission. And here's the quarterly rhythm. But every team's got to set their own goals when it comes to that quarterly rhythm. All that I want to know is that I can measure you against goal. That's what I want to know. I want to know that what are you going to do so that I can follow up and follow through. That's the important piece for me. For them, I want them to have a big goal that they set that I can hold them accountable to. That's where I want to be. Let them set a goal. It's going to be bigger than yours. And if it's not, push them a little bit. Encourage them to be autonomous. One of my favorite things to do in my military career was anytime somebody brought me a decision, 
I would always look at him and go, look, I will make that decision. Do you want to try first? Do you want to make the decision first? And new people who weren't used to this style of leadership would like go like, well, yes. And, I, and then other people that would be around me, my other two members would like grab them. It was like a weird thing like grab them by both arms and drag them out. They're like, no, 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 you want to make the decision because I would teach my team. Hey, I'll make a decision. You might like it. You might not. But once I make it, like the decision is made. I would much rather if you guys get together and make a decision that works for all of you. And then you can let me know what the decision is. And if I really hate it, I'll let you know. But if it doesn't impact me, I'm not going to have an opinion on it. So it's like little things like recreating an office down at the end. I used that, uh, that analogy earlier because I had somebody who came up to me once like, hey, this is the floor plan of what we're thinking. I'm like, guys, I'm never even going to go in there. Like I might come down there to ask you for something, but do I really need to know what the office down there looks like? You decide what it looks like. And he's like, well, I'd really like your opinion. And the other instructor's like, we got this, we can do this. And then they all like went down and it was amazing. I love the way it turned out. And you know, there were things I would have done differently, but who cares? I don't work in there. Why should I be the one to make decisions? It needs to have four computers. Great. Go down there and go, go nuts. I don't care. And we got to train our people to do these things and to think that way if we want them to own decisions. And over the course of a couple of you know months and a couple of years, you know, these people that would struggle with this initially would thrive once they realized they could make decisions. And you've got to encourage that autonomy if you want to grow that autonomy. And it starts with little things like the configuration of a desk. Like who cares? And there was such a contrast. There were two schoolhouses. I gave up part of my building, um, the Inter-European Air Forces Academy. And the policy that I had in my schoolhouse when I was an Air Leadership School Commandant was, hey, what's required, we're going to standardize. And what's not required, you can have autonomy on. And that was the standard. So some of my instructors would get really frustrated that everybody wasn't doing it their way. And they'd always be like, hey, is that the standard? And they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Then they can do it whatever way they want to do it. Yeah, but it needs to be done this. And it's, does it though? Do you want me to tell you to do it the way they're doing it? No, okay, well, I'm not going to tell them to do it the way you're doing it because we're going to standardize the standard, but everything else needs to be individualized. You need to have liberty. Now, if you're screwing up down there, I'll come down there. But then you go over to the other side of the hall and this dude was like Six Sigma lean. He had every drawer they could only put their, they had tape that laid out where the stapler could go and where the, like he standardized everything in their personal space. You can have one piece of flair inside of this box if you want to put a plant or a picture of your family, but that's it. Every desk needs to look exactly the same. How many people do you think rise to the level of empowered in an organization like that? Nobody is going to bump them and be like, I want to own the outcome of this organization beside you. And it's like, no, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Because if I do anything other than what you tell me to do, back to the bottom I go. We've got to be keenly aware of this. One of the things that we have to do for the people at the empowered level here is we have got to create an, if that failure can't be acknowledged and learned from, problem. I want people at the empowered level. So I heard a fantastic analogy when I was here and he talked about the difference between failure and failure. And failure was, you know, I climb as high as I can climb, my fingers don't go anymore and I fall. Or failure, I climb up, I realize I'm not gonna make it and I let go. They look the same to the outside world, but they're very different. Failure means I gave it everything that I had. Failure means that I quit. And if you give it everything that you have, inevitably, you'll discover the edge of your limits. You will find the moment that, unfortunately, you went beyond your capability. And while that sucks, you're growing, you're learning, you're maturing. Allow people to fail. If it's high stakes and high risk, back them up and make sure the outside world doesn't see it. Build in a little bit of time so that you, you've got to give people the opportunity. And people at this level, they're being groomed to replace you. People at this level are the next generation that will be in your shoe the damn way. And they need the ability to fail. 
And a few tips before. You want to know how to build trust with them? Consistent. Don't surprise these people. These people are working hard. They're planning. They're showing initiative. They're solving problems. When you surprise them with things, keep it. Let them know what you're thinking. Let them know what you're talking about with your boss to the degree that you're allowed to do so. Don't violate trust, but let them know what's on the pipe. Teach them to think they want you to win. Don't surprise them. Don't keep them in the dark. Don't don't squash their creativity, even if it's not what you would have done, even if it's not immediately short-term successful. Reward their creative, their outside-the-box thinking. Encourage them to keep pushing the limit. Man, maybe this wasn't right here, but man, keep pushing the limits. I want to see what you come up with next. If you don't do these things, you're going to find that your people down them to burst through the top like Willie. So what are you doing this week? Who on your team is at the empowered level? Are you at the empowered level? What have you gotten right with them? What have you gotten wrong with them? What can you do to get us? So talk to me, email me, mark at militarysherpa.com. And this week, I've been asking for like a month now, and hopefully you've already done it. But if you haven't, and podcast anywhere that you're listening, and this is really, we're going to continue on this toxic followership series, but this concludes the empowerment hierarchy. So the empowerment hierarchy is a tool I created last year as I was uh, thinking about some real problems that you all keep asking me about. I'd love it if you can email me at marketmilitarysherpa.com and tell me what you think about the concept now as we've executed it, uh, four episodes in Empowerment Hierarchy. I'd love your feedback. I'd love to know what you think. Um, some of you are going to write me and be like, man, there should be two more levels. And some of you tell me, yay. Uh, it's those that are in the middle that I can't wait to hear from. So uh, love you all. I hope you have a great day. And I hope you Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilsher. 